I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. friends and welcome back to a brand new episode of the unbreakable you podcast i cannot believe we are already nearly done with october this beautiful month of the year has just sped by and i'm just over here enjoying all of the winter squashes and making myself soups i'm on a huge soup kick right now within the past few days i have already made two batches of soup and they have been phenomenal and i'm kind of like totally embracing this time of year and I'm feeling just really inspired to create new recipes, but also try a bunch of different recipes too. So I have the next few soups that I'm going to be making already planned out, but I am just real excited about soup season. Let me just be honest here, real excited. I'm also really excited for this week's podcast episode with a past client of mine. She was one of the first women I actually worked with in 2021, and it was truly an honor to work with her. Her name is Elena, and she is not only my client, but very quickly turned into one of my best friends, as you will hear us talk about throughout the episode today. But as always, I really love having my clients on the show with me once they finish their time with me inside Back Home to You. And finally, Elena is joining me on the show this week to talk about her experience throughout Back Home to You and how she fully recovered from eating disorders and body image issues from the three months her and I worked together inside Back Home to You. You'll hear a little bit more about this in today's episode, but I just want to really highlight this because I think this is super important if you are a practitioner listening to this episode. Elena, when she and I first connected over on Instagram, she was actually going through the NTA program. So she was studying to become a nutritional therapy practitioner. And she knew that in the past she had battled several different eating disorders. And she was still kind of, you know, holding on to just lingering things. And what I just really applaud Elena about is the fact that she knew 
in order for her to be the practitioner she wanted to be. She wanted to fully heal and be completely recovered and past anything that she may have still been carrying with her from her past eating disorders. So I just want to highlight that because if you are a practitioner or someone that is maybe recovered from an eating disorder but feeling like there's still some lingering behaviors that you just want to fully let go of and release but also heal from I want you to know that my doors are open to back home to you and that if this is a program that speaks to you and you feel called to work with me please email me directly at hello at megdoll.com There's also information about my Back Home to You program in the show notes and how to contact me there. You can schedule a discovery call with me. We can make sure that we're a good fit and Back Home to You is exactly what you're looking for. And then we can get started and have a great time. And I think this episode really does such a great job of demonstrating or illustrating for you what a great soul nourishing time healing can be for you. Recovery and healing from past traumas and wounds doesn't have to be this really challenging or uncomfortable journey. I think if you've been listening to my podcast and tuning into the episodes where I have my clients join me, you can really see that they have all truly enjoyed this journey of coming back home to themselves. And it's just been a really like soul enriching journey. So doors are open. I have room on my calendar for you if you want a spot for yourself and it would be such an honor to work with you. So enjoy this episode with Elena. She will be on the podcast again as she is a nutritional therapy practitioner. So I want to talk more with her about that side of things. But in this episode, we are specifically talking about her transformation throughout my Back Home to You program. And then next week, we are entering... November, which is so wild. And I am going to be coming at you with a mental health check-in episode. And I know how you all love those so much. So I'm already excited for next week. Hey, Elena, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to finally have you on. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can't believe we're doing this finally. I feel like we've been talking about this for so long. We have so been. So happy to and be here. You and I have actually just been sitting here talking for the past hour, which is so typical of us, but that's kind of what happens when you know, you become besties with your client. (laughs) But honestly, I was kind of preparing a little bit for our recording today. And I was just thinking that when you scheduled your like, in quotes, discovery call with me, (laughs) I seriously just thought that we were just going to be chatting because 
we just connected on Instagram. I loved what you were posting and apparently you loved what I was posting. And I thought we were just going to like, you know, hop on Zoom and become really good friends. And then you ended up wanting to work with me and we just had an incredible three months together. It went by too fast. Sometimes I still wish that your program was longer so that we could just catch up every week and talk about all the things. But yeah, I think you came into my life and like it was divine timing. You started following me on Instagram and then I saw what you helped people with and we connected and I was like, wait, I actually really need your help and I love talking to you. So take all my money. Let's do it. Like I just, I need you in my life. Let's go. Oh my gosh. You are so sweet. So if you want to maybe go back because we did start working together in February of this year, which when I say that, that feels like a really long time ago, but it doesn't feel like that long ago, I guess. But anyways, so if you want to kind of reflect back to like December, January, that's when we first connected with each other. Like what were you going through during that time or what did you feel like you needed support with? Yeah. So last year I decided to move out of my hometown and move to Dallas, Texas. I'm from the West Coast. Um, Right at the time I was moving, I enrolled to become a nutritional therapy practitioner uh, through the NTA. So I was in school. I was working full time at my day job, um, working from home. I was also in training to become a sculpt instructor at the fitness studio here that I now instruct at in Dallas. So there was a lot going on. Um, I think emotionally in my life in general, I think I like to keep a really full plate. Um, But I knew that, you know, going through the NTA program that I wanted to help people kind of bridge the gap between intuitive eating and nutritional therapy, functional nutrition. Um, But I also knew that I wanted to make sure that once I came out of the program that I was healed and recovered from my own eating disorders. Um, And those have ebbed and flowed through my life probably since the time I was, I mean, I was 10 the first time I was told I needed to lose weight by a dance instructor. So I think that's maybe when the first seed was planted, but um, I'm almost 30 now. So, you know, most of my adult life, I've had either eating disordered or disordered eating habits. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that I didn't bring that into my practice once I graduated and started seeing one-on-one clients. And I also knew that I had a lot of healing to do, um, grief from losing my dad at such a young age, um, just trauma in general that we all have. We all carry so many heavy things. And I think you started following me because, or you started following me because you saw, I, I was listening to a podcast and I posted about it and you're friends with Aaron. So you, she reposted me listening to her podcast and then you thought I looked cool, which is 
honestly, you thinking I'm cool is like the best thing. You just make me feel so cool. Um, but you followed me and I was going on a rant about the Our Place fans being toxic and I was literally cussing at the camera. So probably not my finest moment. I don't think I've gotten that heated on Instagram since then. Um, and then we just, yeah, became friends and I felt like you, I felt like I had known you for years and the kind of like body piece and just honestly, you, you just embody peace <laughs> so well. And I was like, I need that in my life for so many reasons because I want to be healed. I want, you know, and I think that healed is a destination and we're always kind of working towards that but I just knew that I wanted to work with you and I knew that you had so much knowledge that I could also share with my clients um and it was such an easy decision to make and you just came into my life at the right time and yeah that was so long ago and <laughs> and here we are now I think we maybe talk at, at least every week if not every day we'll at least like send each other something on Instagram but yeah I was I was going through a lot and I just figured like why not now like I could wait until my program's over I could wait until my life slows down but I think for me um life doesn't really ever slow down so let's just go let's just do it <laughs> And for sure, not for you, right? Like every no. time I talk to you, because yeah, we definitely do have like a back and forth conversation at least once a week. And you're always going to like a dinner party or you have dinner plans or a concert or something like that. So I just love everything that you just shared. And I think there's so much to go off of that. But I actually just want to point out and share that I was like covered in chills when you took us back to why you started the program and I think that is easily like the best gift you could have ever given your clients is to be fully healed yourself before you actually started to accept clients and I remember you telling me that on our very first call together that you just had like some lingering things that you wanted to address and yes, we all have these different traumas and you wanted to dive into those and heal those and move on from those and I remember telling you that like that is like that's why I do what I do, right? Like I want to help women fully heal so they can go on and do these amazing things for themselves and other people right like I just I remember thinking like after we jumped off the call our very first call together thinking that like this girl gets it like this is what more people need to be thinking that they need to be fully healed in order you know like to actually fully help other people so you know if someone's going to ask me about a practitioner to work with, absolutely, I'm going to send them over to you because I know you've done that work, right? Yeah. And I think nutrition can be so tricky. It's such a slippery slope. Your verbiage um, can be so triggering to someone with an active or, you know, current eating disorder or, you know, just even 
those habits still. Um, and so I really, really wanted to make sure that I never triggered a client of mine um, or made them feel worse or any of that because I know how harmful those comments can be. Um, as I told you before, like I remember being told to lose weight when I was 10. Like I remember the times in my childhood where my grandmother made comments about my weight or my mom or whatever that is. And while they came from a harm or harmless place from them, their perspective, they don't know any better. Um, you know, that's the society they grew up in and they would never intentionally want to hurt me with their words. Like those things stick. Those are the things that are repeated in, in our minds constantly as someone who suffered from an eating disorder. And um, I just really want to make it clear that I want people to feel their best. And there's no specific weight that that is. At my smallest, at my leanest, I felt my worst. And, you know, nutrition is such an incredible tool that we can use. And really our bodies need so much more food than we feed them. And we need so much more nutrients just in today's day and age than the standard American diet offers. Um, but it's, it's such a slippery slope. And I know that the statistic out there is outrageous in terms of, you know, dietitians and nutritionists that still struggle with orthorexia or eating disorders of their own. Um, and I just want, I want my clients to know that I am not that I am not, I'm not coming from that background anymore. While yes, I have had that, like I have done the work and I'm here to help you get to the same place that I am where you can look at food as a tool to completely nourish your body and love your body and no longer be afraid of it because let's be real, we all have to eat. <laughs> we're not getting very far in this life if we're not eating. And I think that the practice of truly nourishing yourself and nourishing your soul is like one of the most powerful things that we can do. And sometimes we just need help. We're not, we, we're not all passionate about nutrition. And so finding someone that can help you without triggering you is, is really important for people like us. I'm just so proud of you. So I do want to talk about, because I know two big things, as you mentioned, were the food aspect of things and then also body image too. I know those were two things that came up for us among other things, of course. But if you were to kind of reflect back, how has your relationship with food changed over like the past several months, maybe from the beginning of this year before we started working together up until now even? Yeah, so... I think the biggest thing is recovery and being recovered, being healed, like doesn't mean that you're never going to have bad body image days or you're never going to have thoughts that feel like the old you or feel like Elena that was not recovered or not healed. Where the true power lies is being able to catch yourself in those moments and have compassion for yourself and then say, you know what, not today, I'm okay. I'm not gonna go there and not letting yourself spiral into those old patterns. So, you know, just the other day, 
I, I'm on my period right now. I know that leading up to my period, I usually am a little more bloated. I usually have a bad body image day or two. Um, I usually have an insatiable appetite and it's really easy <laughs> during those days to be like, oh my gosh, none of my clothes fit or, oh my gosh, like, I just don't feel like myself in my skin right now. Or like, oh my gosh, like, why am I eating so much? But when I have thoughts like that now, like learning from you, the having the ability to separate myself from my thoughts and be able to just observe them and then have compassion for myself for having those thoughts um, has been such a game changer. Um, just small tools like that, small shifts, small mindset things that are so, so powerful um, and that are truly life-changing you've given me. And um, now I'm able to, again, separate myself from those thoughts. And I never was before. Before my thoughts would be like, I am fat. I feel fat. I, you know, I can't believe I'm eating so much. I might have to eat less tomorrow or whatever those were. And I would say like, oh my gosh, like, why am I thinking those things? But now I'm like, oh wait, I'm not my thoughts. It's okay that I thought that. And you know what? I'm perfect just the way I am. So we're just going to let that slide on by. And maybe we're going to sit on the couch. Maybe we're going to make some tea. Maybe we're going to do some self-love. Maybe we're going to journal and let it all out. But finding other ways to kind of navigate once those thoughts creep up and just, again, being able to separate yourself from them. Yeah. Hearing you say all that, I'm like, gosh, she sounds like me. <laughs> it's awesome. I learned from the best. <laughs> I love it. I love hearing that. So would you say that's kind of like the same for body image too, that you've been able to just to separate yourself from those thoughts, but maybe like even share with us where you're at with body image now versus where you were before. Because honestly, I feel like we talked even more about the body image aspect of things than we did actually food, right? Yeah, I think that, you know, food is something that I, it's been a, a long road to healing with food. I've tried every diet in the book, you know, I've, I've fallen for all of the tricks <laughs> and diet culture's really gotten me good a few times. Um, but that I've, I've definitely had more time to process and, and I'm at a really good place with that. But the body image stuff, um, I think that I put my worth and my body image from a, such an early age, being a ballet dancer and then being a cheerleader and, you know, using my body as, as my tool of expression. Um, and now as my profession, that it's really, really easy for me to put my worth into how my body is projected on the outside. Um, and one of the, the coolest things that I think has happened through this, this transformation, this process is the ability to wear Lululemon aligns in a crop top and not give a shit what my midriff looks like, because it doesn't matter. Like your body is the least interesting thing about you. And I think that, you know, as a fitness instructor, I've been teaching, I taught Pilates and bar. And then now I teach another, um, another type of class, very similar to Pilates, but I'm jumping around, I'm sweating, I'm on a podium now way more front and center. And in a new place, um, you know, it's scary to, to stand in front of people in leggings and a crop top, um, if you've struggled with body image before. And um, I think 
through this process, like I care way less about the size that my clothes are. And I care so much more about how they fit me and how they accentuate maybe my favorite or my not favorite parts about my body. Like there are so many, you know, things that I used to not wear or things that I used to hide or things that I used to not buy because I didn't think that that was my size. So if I like, if there was a pair of pants that only fit me in a size eight, I wouldn't buy them because they didn't make them and they're, they didn't fit me right or whatever, you know? And now I've accepted that clothes are made to fit us. We're not made to fit clothes. And so I don't really care what number or what size they are, as long as they make me feel my best. And you also, there was one trick you gave me about looking in the mirror and looking at yourself as a whole, rather than looking in the mirror and immediately bringing your eyes to the part of your body that maybe isn't your favorite. And so I think that I'm so much better about that. Now, when I look in the mirror, when I look at photos, I'm no longer like going directly to my midsection. If we can't tell my midsection is, is the section that is a little bit harder for me to accept and has given me, um, you know, his, it's been the part that, you know, has needed more TLC than any other part. Like I love my hands. I love my legs. I love my feet. I love, you know, my face is great. Sure. You know, there's so many things about myself that I love, but I truly, there were points in my life where I was like, I will never be happy until there is no fat on my, on my midsection, or I will, I will be happy when like I have flat abs or whatever. Like that's just not my genetics. It's just not. And I've accepted that. And you know what, like my body has done so many incredible things for me. And I, I truly am healthy, you know, like I, I'm a, I'm a healthy adult and so what if like my rib cage is a little bigger and like my ribs also carry a little more fat on them and then whatever, like, it doesn't matter. Like I have a dimple below my belly button. Cool. Like I've hate, I've spent so much time hating that dimple. Like, I just wish I could get that time back. So I think that, yeah, with the tricks that you've given me and just showing myself gratitude and compassion and, and finding clothes that fit me right then rather than trying to squeeze into clothes that don't, it's just been a really, really empowering journey. And I can say confidently that, you know, going to my fitness classes, either that I teach or that I take like, hell yeah, I'm rocking a crop top. Like, of course I am. And you know what? Like everyone should be, we all should be, we're all beautiful. And again, like people never remember people you never see on a headstone, like rock and bod you know you see like kindest person most generous person I ever knew would would give anybody the shirt off their back they would they people remember how you make them feel they don't remember what your abdomen looks like if they do then they probably have need some healing to do too they need to come see you <laughs> absolutely <laughs> to like yes to all of this I'm just like sitting here nodding my head and I told also, you I was long-winded <laughs> I love it though and I think you know these are the conversations just like these open and honest conversations that our listeners need to hear right we need these reminders and I think that thing like that whole thing that you just shared with everyone it just goes to show us that we can start off by approaching ourselves like 
our food, our thoughts, our bodies with compassion, but then we actually can reach this place of just accepting ourselves, right? And I really like what you said about, um, you know, all of those moments in time that you've spent hating on that dimple under your belly button or just like your body in general, right? Like, yeah, we do wish that we could get those moments back, but we are never going to wish anything different on the moments that we actually accept our bodies or are just compassionate towards ourselves. Um, so I think I like that kind of thought that there are, you know, when we're hating on ourselves, we will want those moments back. But when we can actually just be okay with what is, like, we're never going to want to change that. And I think right. that's something that we should all be kind of striving for. Absolutely. And I mean, there's there's so many kind of like words now to describe it. There's body positivity, there's body acceptance, there's body neutrality. There's There's so many ways to describe, I guess, and everybody kind of has a different um, pull to a, a different term, but all of the above are so important for just living your best life because life is too short to spend so much time and energy hating yourself. And for reasons again like f the patriarchy like why do we why do we feel this way about our bodies like we've been conditioned to think that they are wrong if they don't fit a certain mold and they don't deserve that at all so yeah I wish I could get those moments back but I know I also know that those moments were transformative in their own right without all of those moments it wouldn't have led me you know, to pursue what I'm pursuing, to try and help others through the same things that I've been through and to people like you and all of, all of that. So while there was many years of struggle, it, it's what made me who I am and what, what's led me here. And I, it feels really good to be on the other side of that. And in a place where I am not a slave to hit workouts every single day and, clean eating and calorie tracking and watching my steps and closing my rings constantly to feel alive. You know, that's, that was how I lived was tracking and dieting for years and years and years. And while I had times within, you know, there were times where I was eating more intuitively and was just so fed up with the diet cycles where I feel like I had more freedom and more, more like positivity and neutrality within my skin. Um, you know, like there's nothing better than freedom. Like I say, like, I wish I, what could I do with all that time back? And like, now I have all that time and like, look at what we're doing. We're building an empire. Here we are. We're, we're trying to help others do the same thing. And if I was still doing all of that tracking and counting and hating myself, like I wouldn't have the energy or the space to be pursuing my passions. 
Definitely. Oh my gosh. I always think back to university. Like that was when I was going through my third eating disorder. And, you know, it was, I loved university. I loved all of it. But I always think back and I just can't help but wonder, you know, what my experience would be like if I wasn't just so focused on food and my body and working out like I would have had so much more freedom yet I thought those things were giving me freedom at that time right right or you think freedom is like a destination like when your body looks a certain way like then I'll be free but I like I remember the like vicious diet cycle and starting to like see progress on a diet and like losing those first few pounds and then realizing like I had a family trip coming up and being like well how am I going to maintain like I'm just gonna like so I remember there was like a trip we took to Yosemite and I was making Macy do the fast metabolism diet with me and we like packed all these like stupid macro tracked snacks to go camp in Yosemite and guess what we ate pizza and we didn't really eat any of the food that we packed because we were enjoying ourselves. And so there were little breakthrough moments throughout my life where I can see that like freedom shining through. And, you know, there are also those memories I look back now, like I was absolutely feeling guilt in those moments, you know, or afterwards or whatever, you know, after you binge, you have that just like self feeling of self-loathing or whatever it is, or I'll get back on track tomorrow or you know, weighing yourself, like, I hope that, you know, that freedom I just experienced didn't cost me all the progress of the past two weeks of dieting or all of that. And I'm just, I cannot believe that I lived that way. And I have so much compassion for how much I was suffering back then. And for how honestly, like sad my life was. Um, But it's easy for me to be like, that was dumb of me. Like, why was I so stupid back then? And now it's like, no, like I was suffering and I was hurting and I was trying to control something in my life and I had healing to do. And now I'm like, I'm just so glad that that's not where I'm at anymore. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. And it's amazing that you are able to look back at those times of struggling and suffering with, through that compassionate lens, because a lot of people struggle with that as well. So I love that you're able to reflect back on that and see that through compassion. So coming back to our work together, I know one of the pieces you were sharing some things that kind of supported you with body image and things like that. Um, We also integrate Enneagram and the human design. We have some bonus modules in Back Home to You, but you are a Enneagram 7 And something I know that was really helpful for you was journaling. And I think because Enneagram 7s really benefit from coming back to themselves and allowing allowing themselves time to like do some reflection versus always kind of being focused outward. Right. And so um, do you want to talk a little bit about journaling and how that helps you? Because I talk about journaling all the time, but then I 
keep getting clients join me in back home to you and we start journaling right like it's not a practice for a lot of women and so maybe share how that was helpful for you yeah so I think it was our first meeting our first the first time that we had a session for back home to you and you had the suggestion to I had a lot of inner to go back I had a lot of inner child wounds to heal (laughs) and I think that that kind of came up the first time um, we spoke and so I remember your suggestion to me being why don't you write in your journal because I I've always loved to handwrite things like when I was going through the NTA program all of my notes are handwritten I love to use like dope colored pens I love to I I have my whiteout tape like perfect you know like I I love that stuff I love to handwrite in my planner um there's something about handwriting things to me and I've always like I remember being a child and listening to words on the tv and like writing them down to practice my handwriting and so it's journaling is a practice that has kind of again ebbed and flowed through my life where I've been way better about it in certain seasons and I'll kind of look in like old notebooks and find like random journal entries like for a month and then it like totally drops off but I remember you telling me like hey like why don't you write love letters to your younger self and I'm pretty sure right after you suggested that I just like broke down into tears (laughs) um because I had like never, that concept just blew my mind. And I think that if you have painful childhood memories, that you like forget that that's you and you forget like how much you needed love in those moments of pain and of trauma and of suffering. And so knowing me and myself and like how much, my my bucket of compassion is endless for other people like why is it not endless for myself and like knowing that I have the ability to like take all this compassion inside me for others and reflect that back on myself and especially my younger self that was hurting and whose you know parents were going through divorces yes more than one my parents divorced and then remarried and then divorced again and you know who was being called fat by her ballet teachers and who was being bullied by kids for having a lisp and for how I used to have a mole right between my eyes and I would get bullied for it. And, you know, I was probably a bully too. Like I was hurting and being able to, to find that compassion within myself now and, and direct that towards a younger me who needed it just seemed like revolutionary, but also like very heavy. And it was something that was not easy at first it was a little bit uncomfortable and I think that I like needed help I was like so like what do I say like I remember writing in my journal like love letters to little Len or like love I remember like starting every journal entry like calling myself like a a million of my different like nicknames that I had as a child and trying to keep them different and interesting but like writing letters to myself or even just journaling about my day, but addressing it to myself was so powerful. And even now when I journal, I'm 
I've been so busy. I've been out of practice. And when I'm stressed, that's the first thing to go, um, which it's probably when I'm stressed, it should be the first thing I'm doing. Don't we always like ignore the things that we should be doing? Um, but I still like when I write in my journal now, I address it to myself and I imagine writing to whatever, whatever younger version of me needs me the most in that day and telling her like, honestly, like how beautiful my life is now, or, you know, Hey, I had a hard day, but guess what? You made it to here. Like you're still alive. I'm still proud of you. And telling myself, my younger self, like, I am proud of you. Oh, I'm going to cry. Um, you know, for me losing my dad, like those are words that I need to hear is I need to hear that people are proud of me because I lost the most important person in my life. And that's like, all I want him to be is proud of me. So there's so much power in telling yourself like, Hey, I'm proud of you. And that was like one of the most healing gifts that you could have ever given me is, is that practice to come back to and just being able to, to reach out to my inner child and know that like she's in there and that she still needs love and that like I have enough love to give her has been so transformative for me. Oh, I wish I could just hug you right now because I am truly so proud of you. Truly. Just the amount of love that you've given to yourself this year has been absolutely incredible. You know, and it's just been such an honor to watch it all happen in front of me. And you're so spot on, right? Like we we do want people to say they're proud of us. Like if that's kind of our core, one of our core desires, right? Based off of a past trauma or a childhood wound, right? And that was for you, right? But it's like, what, what if we can give ourselves that love and that attention and that pride that we deserve and that we long for, you know, and for you to spin around and start giving yourself what you've needed all of these years, right? That's the big stuff right there. And I'm just so proud of you, you know? It, it's Thanks, just been Shay. absolutely incredible just to watch all of this happen. I think, I mean, it wouldn't be my episode without tears, right? I'm pretty sure like I cried in like maybe 11 out of our 12 <laughs> meetings and back home to you. My partner, I would come out of the room after our meeting and she'd be like, did you cry again? And I was like, yep. <laughs> or I would just come out like sobbing, but like it was never like, a traumatic sob it was always like oh my gosh like I'm so mean to myself or like oh my gosh I'm so hard on myself like I, I need to like be nicer to myself it was it was crying but like in like the cathartic kind of way like in the therapeutic kind of way in the healing and, way right because uh, tears are healing and I I'm just gonna bring it back to one of our conversations after 
a call and you told me, and this was probably while you were in tears, maybe after a call, (laughs) right? But yeah, I love how you made sure our listeners knew that it wasn't like this traumatic type of crying, because I think a lot of people think that when they're entering some type of therapy, right, it's going to be really hard and um, kind of like traumatic feeling to go back and kind of shine a light on all of this stuff but that's really not like the approach in back home to you and those tears that you were experiencing after the sessions really were the healing type of tears and I remember a text coming in from you and you telling me that after every session you felt like it was like this rebirth right so it was like every session there was just like this other layer that you didn't need that was coming off and we release those emotions through our tears. So whenever my clients cry, I always encourage it, right? Because I really do believe that more healing happens if we allow those tears to come and flow. Yeah, I the rebirth thing was so true. And I even just to go off of that, like, I felt like every time we had a session, you just like have this way of evoking things <laughs> in people. And I'm sure I'm, I can't speak for you and your other clients, but at least in me, like you just have this way of like seeing exactly what people need or exactly what I needed in that moment. And like asking questions, like there were things that came up that like I hadn't thought about in years, like traumas or whatever. And again, like, I know that sounds scary, but in, in order to heal, like, you have to uncover where those thought patterns stemmed from. Like, I remember living in Chile and being really afraid to gain weight because everybody studies abroad and then they gain 15 pounds or whatever it is. You know, you're, you're eating differently. You're living in a different country. You're drinking more because you're in college and you stay out later and all of those things. And I remember my... I became friends with this Chilean family and this girl was, had this amazing body. And I was like, honestly, like, how do you stay thin living in Chile and eating all the mayonnaise and the hot dogs and all of, all of the delicious food that they have here and literally mayonnaise and hot dogs are like staples in the diet of Chileans. And she said the words, I que cerrar la boca no mas. And it literally means you just have to shut your mouth and not eat as much. And those are words that like, remember when Kate Moss said like, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels or like stuff like that, like things that like are burned into your brain. Well, I had that like Spanish sentence, like burned into my brain. And I like that, I like hadn't thought about it in years. And like, there's just things that like, when we were talking that you would they would somehow come bubble up to the surface. And then I was able to like release them and like, let them go. And like, what were the, what would we do? Um, when you would, you'd like do a self-forgiveness clearing. Yes. Is that what you're talking yes. about? Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. No, I, I would, I, I'm like snapping because I'm like, I don't did know I snap? But no, then I was like, <laughs> no. I know what she's talking about. Yeah. I I had a massage therapist that would like snap. She was an energy healer and she would snap. So whenever I, I think when I like associate like what one would consider woo woo, I just like naturally snap. 
Um, <laughs> but I just like, I remember like releasing things like every week, something would come up and I was able to release it in a sense. And so like that rebirth was happening. And then I was also felt like, I felt like I was like losing, like shedding like pounds of like emotional weight that was just like weighing on me for years. So it, again, yes, the rebirth, it was all every time Macy would always ask my partner, she'd be like, how do you feel? Do you feel better? And I was like, yes, like, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm so emotional. But again, like, yeah, it was never in a bad way. It was things that needed to come up. And I don't know if you knew exactly what you were doing, but you're just so good at it. <laughs> You are seriously amazing, but this is what can happen when you allow yourself to show up like you did, right? Because you can hop on a call and kind of be closed off and not really sharing anything, right? Or you can come to the sessions and share what's going on, open up and also be open to the healing process, right? And that's what makes the difference in these journeys and you're just like such a good example of what can happen when we're allowing things to happen and when we're open to these different ways of healing too because you know the way we heal and back home to you isn't just traditional okay let's sit down and talk about all these things that happen to you right? Yeah, those things are important. But even what's more important is like, how we feel about them and how they're affecting us present day. Like, that's what I'm most concerned about. Right. And that's where all the snapping and (laughs) the like self forgiveness comes in and tending to those parts of ourselves. That's what you were doing, right? Learning how to tend to those parts of you that didn't receive what they needed to receive in those moments, right? Because I'm sure all of us listening right now have those moments that are literally like burned into our minds that made us feel a certain way about food or made us feel a certain way about our body or about life, right? And we don't have to feel that way forever. And that's the amazing thing. And that's what you were able to shed from you know, like that energetic weight, like that's why you felt that way. Right. And it was all you, right. I'm just holding the space for you. But you're so dang good at holding space, Meg. Like I just want to applaud you and like anybody listening that is on the fence about back home to you or any sort of healing journey, like Meg, you, you are such a safe space. You make it so easy to share things and you I feel like I told you things that I've never spoken out loud because it felt so safe. You feel so safe to me. And I, I mean, we were, we instantly connected, but you just have that energy about you there. I've never been afraid that you were going to judge me. I've never been, you've always validated my feelings and you've listened and that's really hard to find. And if anybody can find that, like, it's, it's truly so special because it's, again, it's not easy to find. And 
it just makes healing so much easier when you have that safe space to share and you feel like your emotions and your feelings and your experiences are safe with the person who is facilitating this healing journey for you. You have to be able to be vulnerable and it's scary and it's can be uncomfortable, but what can come on the other side of that is so worth it. So thank you for being that for me and truly all of your clients and the people who come across your page and the people who know you are so, so lucky to have you. You are such a gift. Gosh, thank you. But honestly, like I would do it all over again. You know, I, I truly think we had just an amazing time together and I feel the same on my end, right? Like I, I am able to hold that space for you and my other clients because I'm legitimately like so thrilled and honored to be working with you right? Like what a gift it is for me to be able to see you every week, right? Like that's how I feel. And I truly felt that from you. I felt like every week I was like, damn, I'm the highlight of Meg's week. Like here I am snapping again. This time I'm snap dancing, not woo woo snapping. Uh, (laughs) But you truly, you made me feel so special and like even my partner today, she's like, I know you love Meg, but like, you have to love me more. Okay. <laughs> I was like, don't worry, Macy. It's a different kind of love. <laughs> I'm like, she did not say that. She did. She called me before this and she's like, good luck on your podcast. You're going to be great. Also, I know you love Meg, but you have to love me more. <laughs> I was like, oh Macy, gosh. she does love you more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's going to be so excited for the shout out. Um, But no, you truly, you made me feel so special. And I truly felt like you were excited to see me every single time that we met. And I think there were a couple weeks where we had things come up and it felt like forever. Like the, when we, when we skipped a week, I can't remember what we skipped for, but I was like, okay, I'm ready for my Meg call now. Like, where are you at? Because those, those 12 weeks or, you know, more, if, if you have something come up it's, you're in it. Like it is, it's intense, but I think that like the way that you have your modules, the way you have your meditations, it all just flows and builds on top of one another that you like almost like don't want to lose that momentum and you're learning so much and you're like realizing so much. Like every, every single week is just like a, what what am I trying to we're on zoom so you can see yeah me. she's making her eyes <laughs> kind of big with her hands. yes your eye like the veil is lifted every week like another veil is lifted and it's there's just it was it was just so special I like want can we do back home to you part two I know yeah <laughs> another 12 I weeks love to with, with your somatic is it somatic there yeah I'm so excited for everything that you have oh my out. gosh I'm excited Forever too client. You are. You absolutely are. (laughs) One last thing I do want to talk about, though, because it did come up at the beginning. The fact that you did have a lot going on, right? Like you were in the NTA, you were finishing that up and starting a new job, like going through this really intense audition process that I had no idea like was even a thing. But anyways, a lot going on. 
but you still committed to this, right? You still made space for this. And I know I have a lot of clients or, you know, soon to be clients, people I have discovery calls with where it's kind of like a timing thing, right? And we don't know if we can take on another thing. And of course, for some people, we just can't make that space. But time commitment wise, like you, you were a person who had a lot going on. But we still had our weekly calls, you were still able to go through the modules and accomplish a lot of healing within all of that time. So if you want to just like touch on that. Yeah. So I think that for me, our calls were my priority for sure. I knew that there were going to be certain things where depending on the week, like I might be accidentally rushing through the modules (laughs) before our call because I wanted to be able to be on the same page as you. But there were certain things that I like prioritized because I knew that without those things that like I wouldn't be getting as much out of my experience. And those were the journaling. I tried to stay really, really good about journaling. And then when we had our calls, I was always taking notes and just, I was trying to be as vulnerable as possible and give you as much of my energy as I could in those calls and as much of my attention and as much of like literally my soul as I could so that every call we got the most out of it. Um, And I think that one thing that we kind of did is we would, I don't really like to beat around the bush. I I mean, I like, I'm long-winded in the sense that like, I like to explain things thoroughly, but I think for the most part, like our topics each week, we kind of like just cut to it. Like there wasn't really a lot of fluff. There wasn't really hesitation from me. If there were things you were trying to evoke, I was kind of like, this is what we're, this is where we're at. Um, So I think that we were kind of we were able to stay on top of the modules and you were able to explain them and what the soul work was for that week during our call so that the the recordings that you had for me were a little bit more like leisurely because you'd already kind of prefaced them and explained them. And so I think if anything, it's keeping the journaling practice because being able to reflect on your 12 weeks and back home to you and being able to go and back and look at that. I think that's super powerful. Um, like your self-care lists and like the boundaries that you're working on. So all of those things are so good to go back and reference. And then just really being present for the calls is if those are the two things that you can give, like that, that is it. And again, like I'm someone that likes to write things down. So like being able to take notes in our call, like really did set me up for success, like in, in between weeks and being able to like reference, like, okay, what are we moving towards this week? Or what am I, you know, what am I trying to do? I remember there were multiple times during calls to where I'd be like, wait, wait, say that again. <laughs> wait, stop. We repeat, will you repeat that? Cause I was like writing things down with my like colors. Um, but yeah, it's, making time for your healing, even if, you know, I've thought about it and I'm like, dang, I wish I could go back and do back home to you again, like when I wasn't so busy. But again, like that's not realistic for me. Like my life is just busy. I, I keep a busy schedule and it happened exactly when it needed to happen and exactly the way that it needed to happen. And 
you are so generous and that you give us access to the modules and the meditations and everything still. And I swear, like whenever I'm having a bad day, I'll just like throw on your podcast because your voice has become like so therapeutic to me. Like, I just feel like when I put on your podcast, it's like I'm hanging out with a friend because I know you, you know, there's so many podcasts I listen to, but when I don't know what to listen to, or I just feel like I need like a, a hug through like the internet, like I just put on your podcast so I can just hear your wisdom and your like calming spirit and your voice because it was truly like, I mean, those 12 weeks of healing, like completely changed, like the outlook of my life, honestly. I mean, look at me and what I'm doing now with human design, like you have impacted me so much. And yeah, it's, if there's any hesitation that you can't do back home to you because of a time crunch, like I'm debunking that right now. I'm, I'm the case, I'm the case study that debunks that. Yes. And I love those tips that you shared, right? Like show up to those calls, like open up and absolutely. I'm all for just diving into the goods <laughs> and let's just get into it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nitty gritty. Let's go. Let's go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I could talk to you forever. We have like officially been on zoom for two hours. Um, I love Hopefully it. Hopefully you pay for it. It's about to kick you off if you're not, right? Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> Zoom is paid for, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I cannot thank you enough for this. I wish I could hug you for real. And someday soon we will mm-hmm. be oh, in yes. the real, like, in a space together and be able oh to gosh. actually give each other hugs, lots of hugs. But just thank you so much. I could talk to you forever. I love you. And again, it was such an honor working with you. It truly, truly was. Oh, well, I feel like the honor is mine. Truly. Um, I love you and thank you for everything. Thank you for following me blindly and sticking with my crazy antics about how the our place pan is a liar and returning years. Cause that's really <laughs> how this friendship started, but, um, no, I just love you so much, Meg. And, um, I'm just so excited that you're in my life and that, um, you came into my life and that back home to you is something that's available to people because it's a gift. I love you. (laughs) 